0: Welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar and event professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host, business coach, and founder of the Mobile Bar Academy, Sarah Murphy. In each episode, the Mobile Bev Pros team will bring you industry experts, information, anecdotes, and opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and successful business that supports you in creating wealth. I'm excited to share with you today's episode, so let's get started. Today on the podcast, I'm here with April and Shayna. They are the co-CEOs of the Drayson, which is a mobile bar down in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. And they have been in business for just over a year, just over a year? Six months. Six months. Okay. <laughs> been in business for six months. They're already crushing it, crushing all predictable standard sales goals. And uh, April recently left her job, which is everybody's dream when they started a new business. And today they're going to share a little bit about their story. So thank you for being on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you for having us. So I met you when you both joined the accelerator program back in the last quarter of last year, and you had some aggressive goals. And how'd you do with those goals? So they were aggressive. The big goal was
1: 100,000 in revenue. Other big goal was for us to have six months in savings before I quit my job. The 100,000 in revenue, we did not hit. I think we ended at 65K, but I was very proud of that. And we decided that the best move for us was for me to go ahead and quit my corporate job to focus on the business, which is done wonders for us. So i um, definitely glad that I did. But my last day working that job was November 30th.
0: It was literally 60 days after you started the program. Shana, you were kind of scared about that move. Tell us all about how you felt about April leaving her job and how you feel now.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say also, we completed one of the goals, which was April actually quitting her job. Mm-hmm even though it was sooner than expected. So just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, no, I was scared just for the fact, obviously, we have a family to provide for. And we kind of talked about money management with you and some of the, you know, first few solo calls that we had. And obviously, just concerned, you know, concerned that we didn't have as much money in savings as we wanted to if the business wasn't able to take off. But I was pretty certain that we were going to be able to do it just here in the next couple months, just from me being able to get out networking, getting people to know who we are, that we're an option out there for them as a mobile bar and a few other services that we offer and those things. So definitely scary, but obviously believed in April, believed in myself and believed in our business. And so we are just the type of people that make shit happen, I like to say. (laughs) And we're super competitive just with each other, but also, you know, just in general. And so that competitive side came out when we knew it was, hey, we have to make this happen or, you know, it's not an option for it not to. And so that was kind of how that went. And that's how we're here today.
1: So yeah, like I was on the verge of like a mental breakdown. (laughs) I will just throw that out there, like working that corporate job and seeing Shana out there kind of. Being the representation of us and our company, and also just being able to do all the fun stuff. I was not able to participate in it. I mean, I just started crying one night. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. And Shannon said, okay, quit. Just we'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. And you have made it happen. Yes, we have.
0: We are now 22 days into January, and there was definitely a concern about leaving your job at the end of a year because typically we see events slow down. We see revenue slow down in that first quarter, the last part of Q4 and the first part of Q1. And so now we're 22 days into Q1. How are you feeling? How are you doing?
1: Feeling great. We have 59,000 worth of events this quarter already. We just, things started happening. You know, it was funny because as soon as like a week after I quit my corporate job, we had this opportunity to go on this trip to Turks and Caicos. And we were like, we're going to do it. Obviously, that's a big expense. And it's terrifying after I quit my job. And then two days after that, we got a call for a huge corporate event that is now, it's a $30,000 contract. And then after the first of the year, when we were thinking, you know, we're going to have all this time to get back into networking, which we've made time for, but we did not have the time that we thought we would because we were getting a lot of inquiries already. I think we booked in the first four days of the year, 10 or 11,000 worth of events. One of them was a six-year-old's birthday party that was a $7,000 gig. So yeah, it just keeps flowing in and it is because of the networking, which is why we've made time for it, but we just keep getting ourselves out there.
2: So we originally said we were going to take the trip to Turks and Caicos because it was the downtime for us <laughs> that was going to be. And obviously, after we did the 2024 planning with you in that session, and that was kind of one of the stories that we were telling ourselves is, oh, you know, Q1 is going to be our slow month. And then we swapped the narrative there and said, no, Q1 isn't going to be the slow month for the dracing, And so that was kind of a mindset switch for us. And that was super powerful because... Even networking, we ran into another guy in the event industry and he was like, how are you guys doing? This is the time where I tell people that we're going to start January and February. And I was like, that's funny that you say that. I was like, we've been doing really well. And that's something that we've kind of kept the momentum going on. Hey, this isn't going to be something that we carry into other years, but especially not this year, even though we're new into the business It was one of those things. So I thought that was super powerful and a cool story to be able to tell you, Sarah, since that's something that we've worked with you on.
0: Well, I love hearing that, flipping the script, telling yourself a new story, and then seeing what that does in your actual day-to-day lives. So many of your stories are contrary to the stories that people like to say. You booked a $8,000, you say it was $8,000 party for a kid. Oftentimes people avoid those small birthday parties Or they use it to fill in gaps, right? Because there's just small money generally, but not always. The other thing that I think is really powerful is that a lot of what you guys have done with your revenue and with your ability to grow has not been on the back of weddings, And most people who get into this space, that's their bread and butter. And even if they don't like weddings, they know that like weddings are low hanging fruit because people are willing to splurge on beverage experiences. They're looking to have something that's outside of the standard six foot table, black tablecloth, you know, open bar scenario. And so they think that's how they need to get their start is in weddings. But you guys have kind of shunned that whole concept
1: we haven't done a single wedding and we definitely don't go after it very often you know we've talked to a few venues and i we'd obviously be open to doing a wedding we've quoted a few that i think their idea of a bar budget is much lower than what we come in at and the first couple we tried to discount it and see if we could get it and then quickly realized that it didn't matter and i think from my past experience Usually when you're discounting things, those are the ones that end up being the most difficult. Um, We have learned that lesson with a couple that we've discounted for other types of events. But yeah, it feels good to not have to feel like we need to be in that space to be successful.
0: Yeah. And a few other things that I love. Uh, I mentioned earlier that you guys are in the Dallas-Fort Worth Texas area on previous podcasts and in other places I've also mentioned, that is the most saturated market that I know of, of densities of mobile bar companies in a specific area. And so oftentimes what I hear from people is that they struggled to grow because they're in a city that is already saturated. Yet another story you guys refuse to tell yourselves. So when you entered the market, did you know how saturated the Dallas-Fort Worth area was with mobile bars? Or was it just one of those things where you didn't care? You were just going to own the market?
1: I think we knew that there were quite a few out there, but I think that Shana realized pretty quickly that none of these mobile bars are going to networking events and they're not getting their names out there. So. We don't run into any, but there's one other mobile bar that we run into at networking events, and that's even rare. So I think that seeing that right off the bat made us realize that we were just going to stand out in a different way and in a different, going after a different market
0: even. We're just not going after the same market. Absolutely. The other thing that you guys don't have is a rig. Correct. Which we've talked about again in prior podcasts that you don't need a rig in order to make this business go or to make this business successful. You do have some of the sweetest, most attractive little portable bars or satellite bars or pop up bars. I'm not sure that we've actually, as an industry, decided what we're going to call those, but did you guys build those yourselves or did you have someone build them for you?
2: Yeah, no, we had someone build them, but we had been scouting out as soon as we joined your academy. We started scouting out, hey, where are we going to get these bars from? And then I had a friend that kind of got into the industry a little bit and is still in there, but has switched and gone a few different avenues. And I knew where she had gotten some of her stuff in the past. And so we went to them and just happened to have a connection there. And we're able to get some customized things because right now we don't even have like a a company car as far as like a van or anything. So we're working out of our personal SUV and our personal sedan still. We got with the woodworking company to say, hey, this is what we're working with. This is how we want it customized. We want it to be able to fold down so it's easy for us to move as two women and also be able to fit in our car. And this is kind of the space that we have. So we decided to go that route and obviously, you know, eventually we'll make that investment into a van, a cargo van and whatnot, but obviously right now it's still working for us and working well. So,
1: so before we did the accelerator program, we joined the Academy, which was one of the very first things we did when we started the business because we had done some research and wanted to make sure that we were doing everything correctly. And I think Shana told me, Hey, she has a podcast we need to listen to this podcast And the very first episode that drew my attention was the one that said, you don't need a fucking rig because, (laughs) (laughs) because we had been looking at rigs and we were like, we're not going to be able to start this business as soon as we want, because this is an investment. And so as soon as I listened to that episode, I was texting Shana, all these pictures of satellite bars. And I was like, Hey, we can do this. We can do this right now. And Shana had just been laid off from her corporate job. And I was like, this is the time for us to start a business because you can take off with this. I make enough for us to cover our bills, at least things might be tight, but we can do this. And so listening to that episode really sparked a fire and made us just go all in then.
0: That really warms my heart because so many people start their mobile bar by outlaying 10, 15, 20, $30,000 worth of cash. They generally don't, qualify for lending on these rigs because they've been modified, because they're being used as bars. You might be able to get some lending through some like lighthouse, but the interest rate's usually high. So you start your business already with a huge cash investment. And so you have less cash to actually go through the rest of the process of building a business. And when that happens, we see people invest all their cash in the actual rig, but they don't know how to make a business run and there's no shame on that because most people who start this business it's their first business Or even if they've had prior businesses before, they don't necessarily know this industry. And in your case, a perfect example, you guys have really good skills in marketing and sales. Both of you guys come to the table with really solid marketing and sales experience. But what you might not have a ton of experience in is operations, financial management, leadership and team, right? And so there's gaps to be filled in. And... If you spend all of that money on the actual rig and you don't have enough resources to get the guidance and the information you need to build the business that will make the rig possible (laughs) and bookable, then they stall out. And we oftentimes see those very expensive rigs in the Facebook group for sale or elsewhere, which is unfortunate, right? And so I love the fact that you guys really invested in the necessary business information prior to the rig and i think oftentimes people who do start without the rig what i do say is like if you want it down the road at least the business will be able to pay for it do you guys think that you'll ever get a rig
2: i don't know we've talked about this in april has a background in insurance and so we've definitely done some research on that side of things So I don't know, to be honest, our main focus, which I'm sure that we've told you this is on the Drayson event venue. And so that was originally how we started doing some research and came across the mobile bar idea. And we said, Hey, we can start this now and start building our brand as the Drayson. And then once we're able to open our own event venue, that's really our main focus and our end goal. So.
1: And we do still want to have the mobile bar company. We'd obviously have it in-house at our venue and then we would have satellite bars available to go anywhere else. But I think there was a commercial property and casualty insurance. So I have seen the worst of the worst in claims against businesses and a vehicle on the road is like one of the biggest exposures that you can have. So I have a lot of hesitancy to go towards that, especially since we haven't really needed it yet. And I think that the satellite bars can stay popular no matter what. So I think the rigs are really cute. I would love to have an old VW bus turned into a bar because I've always just wanted a VW bus anyways. So I think that'd be really cool. But yeah, I just, I don't know if it's somewhere we're going to go.
0: It certainly isn't necessary for you all to continue doing what you're doing. You have tackled a lot in only six months and sales and marketing, not one of the challenges that you guys are experiencing. As you get bigger and as you grow, there's a saying that we say, new level, new devil. What is the thing currently keeping you up at night as an entrepreneur? I
1: think you would probably say the same thing, hiring and trusting people with our brand. I think it's so much more than just trusting them to show up and do a good job and, you know, be clean and all of those things. It's really representing our brand well that I struggle with. People hire us because we're out at events or we're at networking events and they're like, the Dresens are so much fun and they have, they create this experience. And if we can't replicate that in employees that we bring on, then we're not going to be able to scale, and we're not going to be able to move our focus towards the venue when we need to, and we're always going to have to be just really involved in the everyday of the mobile bar.
2: Yeah, I would say that's definitely the the hardest thing is, you know, trusting people. We've come up with some pretty good ideas as far as consistency in the processes that we want to have on the operational side. Thanks to you, yeah. <laughs> so we'll definitely have to share those with you later, but. Yeah, I think that's just the hardest thing. You know, you can train someone and you can teach someone a lot of different things. Like, obviously, we've told you that we don't have bar experience. So and we're not familiar with the industry. So that's one of the things that we went after and joined the academy and tried to get all the expertise that we can. But, you know, after that, we can't really teach someone to have a personality or to, you know, understand that kind of stuff and be more of like a people person on the job and kind of know what it takes. So, but we'll figure it out for sure.
0: I've, yeah, absolutely have no doubts. I want to reflect back to any of the listeners if required, but also to you guys, how relatable your story is. You started from a scenario that was less than ideal. You got laid off, same. I got laid off and that was what started Bar Magnolia back in 2016. You've started with very little enterprise level support. So you have a small SUV, (laughs) right? And so you had to build something that could fit in your very small SUV. Same. I had a 2010 Ford Escape and it was just the smallest thing. (laughs) You're like, yeah, it really a lot. That's what we have. It's very little. It was the family car. We just had to figure it out. Didn't haul very much either. You know, starting off with a little bit of cash, but not a ton of cash, right? With bigger dreams down the road so that you've decided to baby step your way there. And throughout it all, the answer has always been for you all. We'll figure it out. And the answers will then present itself. And the other thing that I I think is really important that you guys get all the kudos for is that you acted, you did a thing. You didn't just think about it, but you actually showed up and you attended the networking events. You executed when you invested in programs, you never just absorbed it all and said, okay, now I know (laughs) now we're doing the thing. And that makes all the difference in, in the world is for you to see the opportunity and then do something in the direction of what you're trying to do and not just staying in your head about it. The other thing that I think is super relatable is the anxiety that comes with every stage. April, you've already mentioned that even before you left your job, you were anxious about not being able to work the business and also hated the fact that Shana was out there having to do it all on her own. And now there's anxiety around how do we build a team that's going to represent the Dracens as you guys have represented the Dracens. And to that, the answer there is culture. And I think that it feels a lot harder and it feels like a bigger challenge than you're going to find it actually is. You've already done events that have required staff large amounts of staff, and they went off swimmingly, right? So we're a bit in our head about the ability for this to happen. The other thing that I love that you said is like, you have no bar experience. Also relatable. We get about 50% of the people in this industry that start a mobile bar that have never had uh mobile bar experience. And this particular level, double, <laughs> As it is, Shana nailed it when she said, "Trust." You know, April, you're like, I get a little nervous about this, and it really is about trust. The other thing is recognizing that sometimes it's going to go wrong. Sometimes a person, or a kid, you know, someone that you hire, is going to say or do a thing in a way that isn't the way that you want it done, and all of that is a good process. I and mean, each of you come from a corporate world wherein there was onboarding, there was training, there was feedback, and the the reason all of those things happen is because those are the things that create the culture, the ability to put someone out there in the world that is a representative of that brand in a way that they feel confident that they're going to execute in the right way. Where people get it wrong, and you guys aren't going to get it wrong, is they just hire and then throw them out into the world and expect them to know. People don't know, (laughs) right? Not unless they've been taught in that requires an onboarding process. It requires a training process. It requires almost like an indoctrination of what it means to be a member of the Drayson team. And you guys have already done such a good job of establishing a brand, identifying an archetype, showing up consistently in a very specific way. And I feel like this next level for you is gonna be easy, I think, to tackle.
1: Yeah, we're... Having our first event that we will not be a part of at all, because we will be in Turks and Caicos. So we have two employees that are going to be working an event on February 1st. And it was funny because one of them was working an event with me this past Friday night, and it was a mixology class. And I've actually known her for many years. She's my best friend. And during that mixology class, she was just doing all the things. For me, And, you know, making sure the cleanup was done in between the drinks. And at the end of it, I went into the kitchen and I was like, Hey, sorry, I can help you with these dishes. And she was like, no, your, your job is to go socialize with these people. Cause that's what they hired you for to so go socialize. And then she texted me after the event and she said, tell me if you need me to do more, if you want me to be more social and out there at the events. She said, I tried to anticipate your needs. And I said, yes. And during that event, I think that was perfect. And then I said, and the event that you're working February 1st, you're going to have to be more the face and the personality and, and be out there. And she's like, got it, no problem. So I think just having them kind of work with us and see what works for the different types of events that we're doing and what somebody needs to be representing the brand and the personality during any events. I didn't know how to say that to her. Like you need to have a personality, but she took it pretty well. And she does have a great personality.
0: Yeah. There are some things that you hire for and some things that you train. And yeah. personality is one of those things that you hire for. Many other things are things that can be trained, including uh, bartending skills, right? What we do is not rocket science behind the bar. We figure that out pretty
1: <laughs> Yeah. Shayna is better at the the bartending side than me, but that's just because my ADD and I will completely forget what I'm making halfway into a drink. <laughs> I'm so glad that this is
2: on recording cuz she said that I'm better than her
1: at something. <laughs> It is true. I can admit these things. <laughs> totally
0: random, but I read an article not too long ago that had to do with bartenders remembering drinks. And it turns out that bartenders that can remember drinks, they don't necessarily memorize all of the drinks in general. They have systems in place that help them remember what they were supposed to be doing. So, let's say, for example, you got t- you know five orders from people behind the bar. The bartender will grab the type of glass that's supposed to be associated with that drink. So they don't really remember what the drink is, but they have the glass in front of them that tells them what's supposed to be inside that drink. And so if you are a mobile bartender where the glass is all the same, usually it might be you set up the cups and you put the appropriate garnish on the cups. And that way you know what the the drinks are supposed to be versus having to remember all of those things. It might be helpful for you to develop systems that help you remind what you're doing cuz it's very easy behind the bar especially during the rush to be like what was I doing? What did they say that they wanted? <laughs> it's helpful
1: too that we really typically batch our drinks at the beginning of every event and then halfway through Shane will grab the jar and make the next batch of it when we run out cuz we inevitably do every time. But yeah, I think I'm getting better at it. I mean, I worked at Starbucks when I was younger and I had no problem. So I know if I was put in that situation where Shana wasn't there and I was having to make all the drinks individually, I'd figure it out. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think we also underestimate Like when we were younger and had those jobs, what else were we even worried about? (laughs) You know, it was literally just what I'm doing right now. And maybe if the guy or the girl behind the counter is cute. Now it's like we got kids and dinner and we have insurance and we have liability and we have contracts and leads that need to go. And so like, it's totally acceptable that now we have more things to worry about.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we balance each other out too. It's okay too, that she's better at those things because I do all the taxes and not fun stuff. But I get a lot of joy out of that because I'm weird. So
0: yeah, I love that point in that partnerships really should complement each other and have strengths in different areas. And the times that I've seen partnerships, formal business partnerships, wherein people start a business, but they're both good at the same thing. They then have two people always working on the same thing and becomes a very lopsided, heavy sided business. And so they're Doing really well in one area, but struggling in in a number of other areas. And so the opportunity here is that if you start a business with someone because you're both good at, let's say, marketing, or you're both good at operations, you're going to have to find, or either stretch, either someone's going to have to stretch outside their comfort zone, or you're going to have to find additional talent that can help you in the areas that that you both lack. Which is a challenge when you're first starting a business because you can't afford to pay a third hardy very much, right? Because you're still trying to pay for the two people that started the business. And so in your cases, the fact that you have some overlap, but you also have strengths in other areas is a very good thing for your business.
1: Yeah. I changed my title to COO instead because it makes <laughs> me feel better
0: about. Ah, well, you still can wear the crown. Yes. Whenever okay. uh, Shana shares it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I will say too, I know we've said it over and over again, but really the best decision we made starting out was investing in mobile bev pros and i will tell you we had a spreadsheet of all the things that we needed to invest in before starting and that was the biggest one on there was the mobile bev pros academy because and i think we both have a lot of business sense and you know we help a lot of other local businesses in their day to day and branding and stuff but There's still always more that can be added and there's more that we don't know. So it's really helped us, especially when we get in a spot where we're like, okay, we don't know what to do here. And then we are always going back to the Academy to see what there is available there that we can utilize. And Shana for the first few months was just watching all the videos and taking notes. And of course I get off work and be like, okay, (laughs) what did you figure out that we need to work on now?
0: You know, sometimes it was, you need to read this profit first book. Yes. Are you practicing it profit first? We, we are. are. Amazing. Ever since I came across
2: that course and then went through the video and all that fun stuff, that's when we decided to start practicing it from that day on. You know, it was it was one percent then into the profit account, but anything counts and it's 10 you know, percent now. Yeah. So it's a lot more now. And then obviously we have other buckets spread out with other percentages. So it's come a long ways, but Yeah. Ever since then, I said, we need to start doing this.
0: This is it. And it just makes it so much easier to know what you have available to spend. And now it's tax season. You have a tax bucket. It's got all the cash in there already. And so when you have to do your taxes, it's not like a, oh no, where is all of that money going to come from? It's already there. Awesome. Well, you guys are ideal clients in that you have not only invested in the programs, but you actually did the programs. (laughs) You actually listened and you implemented. And I think the success that you have in your business is a result of you really doing the things that you needed to do and that were presented to you as opportunities and not just talking about the things. I certainly loved working with you in the accelerator. I certainly hope to have you back when you guys are at the next level, when you are stretching a little bit beyond your capacity. I love that you guys are taking a a vacation and going to Turks and Caicos. Is that just the two of you or the kids coming? Kids are not coming. No,
1: Uh, no, we're going with a group though of women that we've met through networking.
0: So it's going to be. I think it'll be quite the experience.
1: It's just three nights, which is
0: perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's so inspirational. I know that people getting started or even those that might've been in the business for a really long time are going to see what's possible for them. And is there anything else before we get off that you want to share with our listeners? Like Shana said,
1: mindset, it's all in the mindset. And know it from my background. I was in a sales training world for a while too. So just having a positive mindset and make it happen. I mean, it hasn't stopped happening because we keep working at it and making it happen. So.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, just networking is key. And I'll always repeat this from your lessons and what you've said, Sarah, but people have to know who you are to be able to book you. Otherwise they're not going to book you or even know that you even exist out there. So just get out of your comfort zone, go out there and network. And, you know, it gets easier as time goes on, I will say, and you see familiar faces. And then pretty soon you're that familiar face for someone else. And then you're able to share your knowledge and kind of what networking's done for you. Cause we've, Heard a lot of people saying, yeah, I tried that and then it didn't really work for me. But, you know, what did you actually do and what did you actually implement? And did you really invest your time in the right places? Because it does take a lot of time, but it's been really worth it for us. And I think it could be worth it to a lot of other mobile bars and a lot of other business owners out there.
1: Yeah. And on that note, too, just be genuine. That's the biggest thing I can say when networking is people can tell if you're not being genuine. And I think us always being our genuine selves is probably what's helped us even like in the networking world and the people that do show up and network all the time. I think we kind of had traction a lot faster because we were just showing up
0: as us. And showing up consistently. I'm actually going to do a podcast with my husband in the next couple of weeks. And it's on networking, not law, because he does three to four networking events a week. And he has been doing that for 18 months, which is like hundreds of networking events at this point. And I asked him just kind of in conversation the other day, kind of like one of the things like if there was a tip. And he said, being consistent because when I go to an event, a networking event, and I see someone every once in a while, they come like maybe once every six months and it's just because they have a new thing or it's their slow season. So they're trying to like drum up visibility again. That hits different than someone who invests in that association or in that community regularly, even when they don't need anything from the community. And to your point, Shana, you said you get to be that person for someone else. And like you might not have anything that you need from that group at that point because it's a lot of the same people, but you can then offer that new person a little bit of support and guidance or even just someone to stand around and sip a drink with versus having to like stay in the corner and wish somebody would be welcoming. And that type of investment in the communities and the associations and the organizations that you're networking with always pays off in the end.
2: Yeah, I think I wanted to say one last thing, but visibility on that note, we've talked about that a lot. And I think going in along with authenticity, going in and not expecting anything or any business in return, and just going in to tell people about what you do goes a long way because we've all come across that salesperson at the networking event that is trying to sell you something or whatever that might be. So I think that's been huge for us and has just gotten people to Remember us and reach out to us. tag
1: us, us, tag us on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Yes. But I want to say I'm so proud of us because we've been written up on in two magazine articles and we are up for this new business of the year in the town that we're in, Keller. And uh, we are up for best bartender because they don't have mobile bar service, but in South Lake Style Magazine. And we're really just excited about all of that coming up.
0: You guys are crushing it. You're six months in. You're crushing it from every angle. You're relying on the information that's out there, but also the strengths that both of you carry. And to your point, April mindset, which is at the center of everything. And also your point, Shana, because that's how you started this entire podcast is that at the very core of everything you do is what's the mindset I'm going into this with? And you start there and then you work through it. And you guys are really reaping the rewards. And I can't wait to visit the Drayson as a venue. Yes. Yeah, it's going be awesome.
2: So yes.
1: just wait for it. And for you to be on our podcast.
0: That's right. I can't wait for that either. You guys have two, right? You have two podcasts. Yeah, we've got one together and then I have one on my own. So. Absolutely. Well, you let me know when you want to hop on and then do that. And then we'll share it with the entire community so they can see that angle as well. Awesome. Well, it's always a pleasure with you, ladies. Thank you so much. And don't forget to continue to share your wins with us. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was valuable. I would love to hear from you what you thought. You can drop me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com or find me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community. Also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, cheers.